0: What's your revolution? Revolutionaries, was good? Today's episode is brought to you by the Rogue Media Group, which is a veteran led integrative marketing agency with affiliated networks that reach nearly 1 million multicultural professionals, business owners, and public policymakers. RMG, as it's affectionately known, was founded in 2013 by my dude, Maximilian Hamilton. And has grown from a single offering to a multifaceted media company that offers everything from media planning and buying to written content development, sponsorship consulting and conference development, as well as digital marketing, custom video, DEI strategy, personal branding and speaker sourcing. RMG's signature program, one that I was able to emcee last year, is the fifth annual Fuel, the Ultimate Men's Summit. It will take place this year in November, the 9th through the 12th, 2023, In Houston, Texas. The annual summit is a gathering of 500 plus CEOs, professionals, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. Participants will explore and discuss advancing the mobility of black professionals, entrepreneurs, and business leaders. The summit will include a golf outing, panel discussions, keynotes, breakout sessions, and awards recognition. And guess this. A celebration of hip hop's 50th anniversary. To learn more about RMG and Fuel, the Ultimate Men's Summit, visit www.roguemg.com. And now, let's get ready for the show. Chris Chapman, CEO of Kingmakers of Oakland. What's your revolution?
1: My revolution right now is um, land acquisition, resource acquisition in a way that our young kings can take their crowns out their pocket and rock it. My revolution is is how do we lift up the stories untold? How do we lift up something other than the typical stories that are portrayed in this country around the possibilities of who and whose we are? So it's a revolution at, uh, of possibility. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good That's revolution? Good, <laughs>
0: Welcome to the What's Revolution Show, a show for men and the people who love them, where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. Where people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves, I am your host, Dr. Charles Corpro. What's good, revolutionaries? You know, always, as we always say, I hope that you are doing well and that you're in community. And that you're finding your people and that you're sitting, as, as, as my good friend Osazi Murray said, finding your places to sit still before you sprint. And that is that is what revolution can be. Like when you sit still, I, I think about that wonderful conversation, sitting still because it allows, it allows us the clarity that we need, that we can hear the universe, we can hear our spirits, we can hear our ancestors talking to us and letting us know the direction that we need to go. We sit in chaos so often, but as the pastor Osazi Murray said, that when you find stillness, you will find your way. And so I am hoping that you find your way and that you are fulfilling what we think is the most thought provoking question of your life. What's your revolution? I have been doing this work, and when I say this work, working for and with black men and boys my entire life, and I don't know if I've ever said that on this show after six years, that my revolution has always been about ensuring that black men and boys have a way to thrive in this country, in this world, educationally, societally, professionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. That's what I've been doing, and it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey. And so when I say I get to meet some of the luminaries in this space, people who think every day and work every day so that Black boys and Black men are seen as kings, and we're going to talk about that, as, as seen as kings, I wanted to make sure that my revolutionaries got to meet one of the most important figures when it comes to Black men and boys in this country. And so I want to introduce to the What's Your Revolution show my good friend, my dear brother, Chris Chapman, the CEO of Kingmakers of Oakland. Dear brother,
1: how are you? I'm blessed, brother. That introduction, just what a a, a, a blessing to be um, in shared space. Um, the power of sitting still allows us to tap into that, that ancestral intelligence, um, not that artificial intelligence, um, so just really appreciate as I was listening to you, man, just a stillness came over me. So I just uh, I appreciate the opportunity to share my story. I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to be in um, shared conversation with you. But just want to acknowledge the power and the uh, standing still and paying yeah. attention to. What our ancestors have provided uh, to us—that it's all within us. So, yes. honored to be here, uh, uh, and and willing and able to follow your lead, <laughs> brother, and, and your uh, inquiries. So, uh, I'm I appreciate down. it.
0: I appreciate it. Look, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off script because that's just you know this, this where where the the, the feeling has taking me right now, because I I've, I've talked right. I, I want my folks to know before we even get into this conversation, like I want them to know you because I think listening to you and hearing a somewhat of your story, because it's a powerful story. I want my revolution. So who is Chris Chapman? What's the story behind who you are and how
1: you got to this space in your life? Oh, I'll say. Oh, I'm definitely my <laughs> um, yeah, I am the uh, adopted son of Deloitte, San mm-hmm. Shaw and Herbert, Joseph Chapman, Deloitte, San Shaw family, uh, Left Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, in the late 30s, early 40s, came out to Oakland, California. My father, born and raised in New Orleans, uh, mm-hmm. Louisiana, um, uh, Saint Aug, Royal Purple yeah, Night big, class of 1949. 19- purple, night, purple Nights, yes, Purple Night. Uh, I made my father rest in peace. Um, yeah, they adopted me, brother. Which really, um, that is that is grounded in why I do what I do really is that I've learned to condition myself to love unconditionally Mm. as a product of two parents that love me enough to let me go, knowing that two parents would pick me and claim me as their own. Mm. And, um, and that was not defined by blood that was defined by showing up. And so with that, man, I'm a product of, uh, the bay area san francisco mm-hmm. richmond oakland um really had a challenging experience in public schools would again kind of helped uh me get a sense an alignment of my passion and my purpose because once i graduated from high school realized that i wanted to come back and be an extraordinary teacher to make sure that uh young kings and queens and non-binary royalty uh that came from similar backgrounds mm-hmm. uh We have a transformative experience in public school. And I didn't. I had one where corporal punishment was the case. My desk was in a coat closet. I was banned from public school busing. Mm -hmm. Like all of those crazy things, stories that you hear about, all of that happened. But what supported me really was my community. It was then the Boys Club, which later became the Boys Mm -hmm. and Girls Club. It was going to summer camp. Uh, It was the YMCA. Um, It was sports where I got to meet. Folks within our community, not from an academic sense, but were teaching me academic skills, mm-hmm. and and really, man, they just poured into me this this idea of everything is within me, and uh, and how do I get right spirit, mind, body to take my crown out my pocket and rock it? And so mm-hmm. I've been on that journey, um, brother, uh, trying to align with beautiful people, people that are interested in learning, people that are interested in serving. And that's really been my journey. Um, Met um, uh, my my best friend and my life partner uh, 30 years ago. Um, I would have been married 27 years Mm -hmm. come June. uh, But LaShawn Denise Routet Chapman, um, Mm -hmm. who definitely took me from, you know, kind of being, you know, ordinary brother to another journey of extraordinary Mm -hmm um this so to speak just by having a dope queen yeah. and an accountability partner and someone when I would question myself or lose hope just kept believing in me. Even at times I lost sight. She didn't lose sight and gave 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 us three amazing young kings, Amari Khalil and Jordan, who now are grown and are holding me accountable and, and mm-hmm. all in the movement. So you know who I am is the collective beauty, brilliance of the African diaspora, who I am, are products of um, a king and queen raised in Tulsa, Oakland, New Orleans, California, that loved me unconditionally and always saw the greatness in me. And I'm just carrying that forward, brother.
0: Man, Um, brother.
1: Who I am, what I'm doing. Yes,
0: Yes, brother. Thank you. Thank you. That That is a wonderful synopsis of an amalgamation that is simplified in my, in, in my opinion, by love and community. I Yeah. By love and community. I think, and, and we, we think about this, like our, our, our paths are, our paths are similar in nature and very different in, 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 otherwise two very loving parents, like you said, you know, that, that said, you know, we're, we're going to take you. Right. Although mm-hmm. my parents are my blood parents still loving parents who said, we're going to move you out into the world and and i think about attachment theory and what i and what i hear what i hear as as dr corpor for one second is that this strong attachment that folks allow chris to they love on chris but go out go out in the world and be as great as you need to be because we've got your back that's right we're right here with you you know and we've, we've said sometime on the show chris that Attachment, strong attachment is well. You know, you, you've got the little rope to the, the the child has the dinghy and the parents in the boat, and and the kid says, you know, what? I want to paddle off, but the kid knows it feels safety, it hmm. feels something, and then and then we then we figure that out in our relationships, and again, love and community, and that's what I think because when we think about kings and queens, when I, I'm, I'm gonna say that again, when we think about kings and queens. To ascend to royalty it is love and community the best kings and the best queens are the ones that love and say i'm going to lead our community i'm going to love on our community and 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 folks if you go and google chris chapman and understand the work that he has done you understand that the king when we when we say king this is this is the depiction of what a king looks like from the time he was a child to now because he is he had love and community and he promotes love and community. So I, I, I thank you for that. I thank you for that story. Let me ask this. Let me ask this first question because mm-hmm. King and Queen now have been thrown around so much. We hear it all the time, right? What's yeah. What's What's good, King? I, I've got to rock my crown. Lizzo's talking about put your crown on, right? Mm-hmm why is it important for us to recognize and I'm just going to put it as black men right now to recognize each other as kings. Cause I think about there's a, a wonderful cycling and fashion group called Kings rule together. Queens rule together. And hmm. his name is Karan Swint. It's a wonderful organization. And he came on the show and he talked about this ability for Kings to rule together. Yes. My question to you is why do we need to, to recognize each other as Kings?
1: Well, it comes from our, our, our really our, our ancient beginnings. Um, I am because we are. We are because I am. May the circle be unbroken. Mm-hmm. Yet um, the remnants of white supremacy, of structural racism, of being black in this country, we would know not who we are, that we come from greatness yes. um, and we come from royalty and royalty. Not from an egotistical, powerful mm-hmm. standpoint, although there are aspects and elements of that, but in the spirit of making sure our community is whole yes. and right. We can go through this public school system. We can even rock the crown of doctor, but not know not who we are and whose we are. So the 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 importance and the power of taking your crown out your pocket and rock it (laughs) is knowing (laughs) I'm at my best when my brother is at his best. Yes. Um, yes. If my brother is hurting, I am hurting. Uh, If my brother needs, I need. So I I just say this to say in the spirit of Ubuntu, in the spirit of our shared value systems that are very contrary to how we're being socialized in this country um, and across this, when you think about the impact of colonialism and white supremacy, we've moved away of the value systems of we family and community, to this individualistic, corporate, um, I when by all means necessary, at the expense of others, then no, part of the, the blessing and understanding who and whose you are and taking your crown out your pocket is conditioning yourself to love unconditionally yes. and supporting your brother and supporting mm-hmm. your sister. And I'm going to continue to lean in around our non-binary royalty yes. and knowing our yep. history and legacy of the domain of even... Uh, sexuality and energy of masculine and feminine. I'm at my best when I can manage both Right. and know when I can tap into my feminine energy as equal to, to my masculine energy. And it makes me no less of a man um, or however I identify. And so on that journey, brother, in the that. spirit of I'm just on that journey of trying to align with brothers of like mind, of like spirit, I'm at my best when I'm building, learning, growing, laughing, crying, healing mm. um, yeah, and mobilizing with my brothers throughout the diaspora. And
0: that is how we build our kingdoms and that's how we comport ourselves as kings, as true kings. And I, yes. I, I love that you, you strip it of the Eurocentric white supremacist versions of kings ruling over others. Love and community, and and I know that's going to be the theme of wh- what comes out. That, that's the the greatness of this. I, I I begin to extract and distill down what a theme of a conversation is going to be, and and I I promise you, love and community is going to keep coming up in this conversation today, dear brother. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so thinking thinking about that, and I and I, I I I love that, and I love that. But it leads me to this question, because this will be the foundation. Chris Chapman, CEO of Kingmakers of Oakland. What's your revolution?
1: Wow. Revolution of the mind, body, spirit. Um, My revolution right now is dismantling institutions of oppression. Mm. Um, My revolution right now is um, land acquisition, resource acquisition in a way that our young kings um, can draw the through line throughout the African diaspora, Mm. So all of our kings, queens, non-binary royalty that identify um, with Africanness can take their crowns out their pocket and rock it. My yeah. revolution is is how do we lift up the stories untold? How do we lift up something other than the typical stories that are portrayed in this country around the possibilities of who and whose we are? So it's a revolution it, uh, of possibility. It's a revolutionary that love. Man, l- there is no parameters in the spirit of being able to. I'm at my best when my young kings can mm-hmm. see me cry, or see me vulnerable, or see me not knowing. Right? That. Um, but it is really a revolution of the mind, man. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still um, going through my own journey of healing, trying to unlearn, having been a product of. Public schools in this country. Having uh, I didn't get my doctorate, but I got my master's degree, um, and realizing although that gave me golden tickets and access to what though, um, yeah. and in advocacy for who, and so um, I leveraged the privilege, but I also have to realize, um, yeah, I'm still relearn, or kind of learning new. New ways of how I need to move in service mm-hmm. of um, I've been sharing now man. I've been on this journey of in the first 50 years of my life, I uh, learned how to be an adult. This next 50 is really learning how to be a child. i um, mm-hmm. knowing what wow. I now know.
0: Double tap um, on that. Du- double tap on that. What does that mean?
1: It means being free. Right. The, I think the beautiful <laughs> thing and this is what I love about my life of having like intergenerational role models, right? When my best accountability partner is my youngest son. Mm-hmm. Um, the opportunity of um, young, I mean, young people, man, we really need, we so need each other on, um, on just so many different ways to be whole. Um, and so this journey of now knowing what I do know and what I have access to as a 55 year old man, um, yeah, is how to be free. Is how to operate in creativity and imagination without judgment, but being 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 free, I, I, yeah, man, I almost I had to get broke, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, to to then redefine what and 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 literally lean into that freedom. And it was through darkness where I had to let go of what I thought huh, success and what black manhood, all these kind of things that you're told you're supposed to be but we're in contrary to who you know, just some deep aspects of who I am. And mm-hmm. so I just say that to say, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Um, but I want to be f- free centered in my values and how I move in a way that there are, you know, there are, um, I don't want to have all these constraints and mm-hmm. chains that, that right. limit me, um, from being my truest self. And, um, and so that's this next part of my journey. And the blessing is having a life partner, having children, being a part of an organization now where it's so bigger than me. It's actually accelerating yes. <laughs> my growth, my learning. Um, and so, yeah, that's the fun part of this next part of my journey, man. <laughs> I,
0: I, I love it because what you just hit on and it's, and it's so interesting, revolutionaries. because, you know, as you're as you're listening, how many times do we hear folks come on the show? Joyce Chen, Reggie Hubbard talk about their freedom you remember Joyce Chen revolutionaries talked about leaving her job at meta as the head of production to be free right unshackling the chains of what you know it, it mean it meant to be successful that having the big job or having all the money if you're not free as Brother Chapman said right what is that you know what what holds you back and so to find freedom is to fri- is to find your place in your purpose. That's right. Yeah. To find your place That's and right. your purpose. And I love what you said is that learning how to be a, a child, you're right. We're, we we, we spend most of our lives working to adulthood and, and all of the things, but then we get to this, we get to this phase of our life and what do we want to do? I know what I want to do. I want to play. I want to play <laughs> as much as possible. I want to, you know, I, I do, I, I, I want to play. I want to revel like I did when I was a child because it is joyful
1: yes yes and we move away from that and you lose sight of that yes in marriage in parent all these different things and sometimes you need to get broke you know Um, sometimes you got to be comfortable and it goes back to how you opened if you allow yourself and you ritualize being still yes and you can pay attention to all of that yeah, then then ideally you can figure out how you navigate and manifest. But I, I yeah. think it took me a minute, brother, in in absolute darkness, where um, I really had to figure out what the rebirth of me was going to be, and and I and realized where I got to fifty. All the, and it was this dichotomy of extraordinary success, yet some other areas that I uh, I wasn't true to myself, mm-hmm. and and. and and how that not only hurt me but people that were close to me, mm, and and mm. but I and so leaning into that, not running from it, but learning, you know, through counseling, um, man, has actually brought aspects of me of that joy that I had gotten away from just because yeah. I, you know, I was you know clocking in, working in the system, you know, these systems, man, will have you questioning your own existence mm-hmm. the longer exactly. you stay in them, exactly. Um, so I so I'm taking a learning stance. I'm realizing the you know the mindsets that are necessary for me to experience this next aspect of my life mm-hmm. in the spirit of a child, man. Not mm-hmm. acting childish in the sense, but knowing what I now know, but wanting to have that joy with the, in the next twenty seven years of marriage and as a right. parent and all, all these different things. So
0: no, I love that anyway. Andy, I'm
1: in a good space.
0: No, you heard him say the revolution is is the shifting of a, a mindset to getting into yes. this place where you can find freedom. I appreciate that. I want to dive down one second. It's going to lead us into what 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 is and what is and why is the Kingmakers of Oakland. But I want us to talk because I haven't had this chance to do this, and you're the person to do this for the longest time. Right, the work that I've been doing has been inside of a public education for black boys. Mm-hmm. Why? Just just why isn't the public school system a place for black boys to thrive?
1: Yeah, by design. Um, the history of public school education was never designed for black, brown, indigenous, API, Rasa students. It was it was never designed that way. And it is a very antiquated system structure. Um, the conditions are rooted in white supremacy. Um, therefore the culture is toxic. Uh, and this ecosystem, the way we talk about it, privileges the uh, privilege of those folks who identify, associate, and are oriented to Eurocentricity, to whiteness. And if you don't associate or don't identify or have a different um, modality of learning, Then and we still uh, we still can master that, but we still come out of it not knowing who and whose we are. And Mm so um, I'm not surprised. And if you look at the data for decades, they're all the outcomes are always uh, racialized. Right. uh, To the point where you can predict uh, based on GPA, based on neighborhood, based on zip code, based on gender, based on race. And so, you know, there was that spirit for me for 30 years being an entrepreneur, innovating in these systems, mm-hmm. advocating, agitating, yeah. yeah. to brother, I did get to that b- breaking point. Um and I realized in my rebirth, I'm gonna move from being an entrepreneur to an entrepreneur. entrepreneur. And I and the next part of my journey and evolution was all of that I had been innovating and well intended. Yet these systems outlive all extraordinary individuals. And the next part of my journey, in a way, was to become an entrepreneur and to take what I have been doing throughout my life, but now do it in a way that the next generation don't need to ask for no permission, that they Let's have take it. Let's the 8,000 8, square foot facility, design center that I'm sitting in now. They have a network of schools. They have social capital. They have resource. They're connected throughout the diaspora where they don't have to ask permission, but they can, can continue to keep the main thing, the main thing, as opposed to, you know, innovating, creating, and then boom, door shut, innovating, creating, and then funding cut, innovating, creating, then the staff changes and you get start that. No, this next part of my journey, it is about, uh, creating a, 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 a legacy of which the next generation has full access to the content, to the information, yes. to the network, to the resource, yeah. So we can go farther faster. So that is kind of my evolution. Um, and uh, I don't know what the question was, but you that, no, no, You're
0: good. You're good. You're you are definitely good. You know, just, I, I just think about this having sat in similar spaces as a as a, a history teacher, as, as a history mm. teacher in middle school, mm. a psychology teacher in High school. And then, you know, my good friend Aaron Spence, when I was when I was a professor at Loyola, said we got some problems here in our home school division because black boys are actually being suspended at higher rates than, you know, three, three, almost three or four times more than their white counterparts. And when we got to high school, I remember doing the math, it was like four thousand days of, of suspension. You know, that, that was only if if they had one day of suspension. We didn't, I, I was mm. like, what, just if I just looked at the numbers for one day, there was like 4,000 4, day disparity. Well, there's only 185 days in the school year. And right. you got that much disparity. And so that's why, you know, we think about the work that you're doing. And, and I want folks to understand that you have been able to create something. And I want you to talk about that, that allows black boys that started in Oakland, like you said, right for ways to thrive in a system that has not been designed for them. And like you said, the statistics, the research shows, I mean, I I remember sitting and giving a presentation to a school board. I will not say what that school board was. The school board had just spent two hours fighting over the number of days that they were going to have literally calling each other names. That's how bad it was over whether or not it was going to be 184 days or 186 days in the school year. Somewhere. I mean, mm. literally, the school board got into a, a verbal argument with each other. I was next. I got up and spilled the tea. And I say that. To spill the tea of what was going on from the standardized tests that were going on in the school division and when it came to the disparities for black boys in the school division, it took me 20 minutes to give the presentation. Mm-hmm. There was not one Question.
1: Mm.
0: Not one. Thank you, Dr. Corporal. We appreciate the information. And they moved on. And I was like, wait a minute. You just spent two hours fighting over two days? And you have a huge disparity in test scores with a segment of your population? And you don't want to talk about it? That's problematic. That's real problematic. So what I want you to do. Brother Chapman is talk about the, the, the relevance and necessity of the key makers of Oakland. Why is this program to talk about what it is and why is it a necessity all across this country? That's right.
1: Right on. And appreciate the opportunity to shine a light on how we center black boys while serving all students. Mm -hmm. Um, As you said, the work was born out of the work I started in Oakland Unified School District in 2010. And simply put, what we do is uh, work with districts across the country around uh, redesigning the system, the structure, the condition and culture uh, that improves educational life outcomes of black boys from preschool through PhD. Mm -hmm. And our way to do that in centering black boys First, we start off in what we call this phase zero. So it's a whole set of processes. Um, we work with districts to identify a multiracial, intergenerational, cross-sectional group of folks. Because what we find is typically the higher up you go in these systems, the further away you are from those children, in particular, um That are furthest away from opportunity. And so we believe if you're going to address the needs of those students furthest from opportunity, they got to be the co-designers and Mm co-creators. So we co-locate them in the leadership team, board members, community members, kings, parents, classified Mm -hmm. staff, principals and central office. Um, They spend the first semester doing a listening campaign. Mm -hmm. So they listen to uh, African-American boys, black boys from preschool through 12th grade. Uh, they also listen to alumni, students that had just recently grad. They do. There's all survey, uh, kind of a protocol of, of just listening um, to what the lived experience of, of those kings are in uh, within the school. They do that. They we have a readiness rubric similar to an equity audit. Then that team takes their each they take they go use the readiness rubric or the ed- equity audit to assess the efficacy of each and every school within their system then they do an audit of best practices within their school or within their district. Um, Cause many times the beautiful things that are happening in a school district are foreshadowed by the sort of uh negative frame and the perpetuation of what's not working versus feeding and fueling what is working. Right. We posit that people in a community can solve a uh, for solutions in their own community. <laughs> we are not a turnkey model. Um, and the Calvary, as Brother Sean Dove, uh, says yeah, so dear. eloquently yeah. that the Calvary ain't coming to save nobody, that we exactly. are the enchanted people. And so what we do to help prime people around that is having that multiracial, intergenerational, cross-sectional mic team, um, interview black boys. They uh, look at best practices based on literacy, based on uh, culture, based on attendance, based on graduation rates, based on pedagogy. They glean the research. So given what their equity issue may be, they just look at what does the research say? Um, And then they they begin to put together a set of activities. So we use a process called liberatory design. So it's a, a process that through ideation and prototyping, And having feedback loops through this multiracial, intergenerational, cross-sectional team, they begin to build out activities around recruiting, training, retaining black male teachers, around culturally Mm -hmm. responsive curriculum and pedagogy, around youth voice and leadership, around parent, family, community engagement, around narrative change, and then policy. And Mm -hmm. so that process, um, they build out what is their LSPI, what is their school site plan, what is their strategic plan, whatever the district calls it, but they build out a plan and then... That team, um, there's a whole set of activities with that, basically are the kind account of accountability uh, group that then is just tracking that from a classroom to school wide. Wow. That is it at, at, at its biggest level. And it is systems redesign work that what I also po- posit, this is this work cannot be done. Undoing structural racism and white supremacy cannot be undone in a three to five strategic plan. Like this is legacy work. This and is we legacy need to think work. Think about how the bans. 10 years, right? Like the the group of kings that start in kindergarten, we should have a plan where ideally even though the people come and go, the the plan to ensure that they're able to take their crown out their pocket and rock hmm. it and manifest greatness, there should be a plan from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. Many times what we see from the experience of kindergarten all the way through 12th grade is multiple plans, you know, three to five different strategic plans, Mm -hmm. let alone a revolving door of different people that are coming through. And so what we posit is we write really a 10-year plan with the school district that centers black boys while serving all students. Um, And it's not about fixing black boys. They are beautiful, brilliant, Mm -hmm. and possessing a greatness. Really the work then that we're doing is around mindsets, adult mindsets. What are the Mm -hmm. mindsets that we need to um, undo and then carry forward to create the condition in the culture. And that's, you know, I mean, a very broad, heady approach to what we do. And I can go much more granular around each of what we call our drivers, those six areas. But at the core, we center black boys while serving all. We have a process that redesigns the system from within in partnership with the community. Um, that improves educational life outcomes um, for our young kings, and that's our journey. In some districts, it's black boys, black girls, In some districts, black boys, black girls, and non-binary youth as well. It kind of varies on district, but our yeah. general yeah. Um, strategy centers black boys while serving all.
0: And it's a beautiful thing, and I, I, I know, I know that work is not easy. I've been in, been entrenched in that work like you my entire life, and. The interesting thing is that you have you you have pushed past when it was sexy to talk about serving black boys because you you remember that period of time like 2010 to like 2017 when everybody wanted to fund the work like let's you know Kellogg wanted to fund the work and, and and shout out to them because you know part of where we are right now is because of the Kellogg Foundation and 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 their support yes. of 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 these two leaders right here. The, this podcast right. would not be where it is if it wasn't for the support of the Kellogg foundation. But I that's remember right. saying brother Chris is that the funding was going to dry up because that's what happens. Uh, that's what happens. There's a narrative and then people begin to throw money at it, all of this money. And when it's not sexy anymore, the money begins to dry up. Cause I, I don't recall the last time I heard a, uh, a philanthropic organization say we've got a, a, a campaign right that's going to continue to fund like black boys but it was all so what i love is that you have been able to push past when it was sexy to say this is actually real legacy work to ensure right. that our black boys right our black boys and the people that love them have what they need to thrive in this world. And that's why it's so important because when we think about this work, when we think about shifting the lives of the group uh, of us, when we look at the markers of health and education, Mm. we've we've been struggling. That's right. We've been struggling. So it's it's not just like you said, it's not that we can just throw three to five years or we can just throw money. It is a systems thing and it takes leaders like yourself all across this country because what i'm what i'm tired of seeing is this narrative that black boys are anything but kings, right and i'm i know my revolutionaries you know like wait wait he's going off today yeah i'm going off a little bit because this is (laughs) you know what i'm saying because at the recording of this show there was a a 16 year old black boy Hmm. that, that mistakenly you know happened to go to the wrong house to get his brother's at the mm. recording of the show and he was shot. We cannot think of our black kings as nefarious. As all of all of these negative terminology or neg- list of words that def- can define black boys a- a- as brother Chris said, we are kings. That's right. And and that that means something when you can, when you can see a black boy as a king, you look differently. Oh, there's a king. Right. Instead of saying, "Let me pull my gun out and shoot him," and ask questions later, that's a mm. problem to me, Chris.
1: Agreed, and that's what television continues to perpetuate um, in this country. Is we're we're feeding and fueling a very deficit, um, negative narrative around the black experience, which is by design, um, and that's why it's so important. One of the domains of our work is lifting up this this a very different narrative um, that that acknowledges we come from greatness, mm-hmm. that we are beautiful, brilliant, um, and possess innate greatness. Um, and so you know, we have five albums. We do movement music, right? We have a short film. We have over two hundred pieces of video that we're doing uh, that mm-hmm. centers black boys and shows the diversity, the beauty, the power. But try and ideally, we would get that into Netflix, into Hulu, and on ABC and it. It's not there yet, but come on our website and check it out. There you um, go. But this country really needs—they need different narratives. So you don't have people then that don't even say hello, like literally shot that young king just based on the color of his skin mm. um, as opposed to opening the door and just saying, Hey King, how can I help you? Right? Hey King, um, how can I help? Think are, about the mindset. We talked about this, the power
0: of mindset. Hey King, how right, can right. I help you? Think about, I, I'm thinking, maybe it's just me when you say that I, I, I might have some nefarious things in my mind. All right. But when you said, Hey King, just what that felt like the the physiological mm. response that my body had when you said, Hey king, how can I help you? My mindset, right? My 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 whole mindset was like, <gasps> but maybe that's just me. Hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's maybe, maybe that's me. but when it's, hey king, cuz when a queen says to me, right? Hmm. Good morning king, what's good what's good with you king? I'm Oh. Oh. Okay, you that's know right. what I'm saying? Because I've been I, I've been saying queen what's good what's good queen? How are right. you? But that, 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 that right. feeling of I, I see you, right, I, I, right. Salbona, Salbona, I see right. you. you know and that is that is a beautiful thing. I, I am glad that young brother was able to come through that. That is the blessings of the, that is the blessings of our God to come through That's this right. you know, in, in, in such a time where it could be something different it could be something we could be mourning that young brother. That's Hopefully right. we have an opportunity to continue to celebrate him. It is a wonderful thing that you're doing. And I want my revolutionaries to understand, go to kingmakersofoakland.org to see the work that they are doing. This, this wonderful narrative that this entrepreneur has created, that was housed in Oakland Unified School District, that is now a nationalized organization working to bring policy and academic and behavioral change to school divisions all across the country. You know, we That's bring right. entrepreneurs on here all the time. But we think about that, like the value prop and the solution is necessary for our young black boys to thrive. Right? And my revolutionaries yeah. don't get to hear me talk like this all the time. Chris, you bring it, you bring it out of me. <laughs> you know oh, buddy, come with it, come with it. <laughs> You're bringing it out of me. I want to move the conversation because it's always going to go by fast. We had an interesting conversation in the green room that I want to uplift because I said, I brought you on the show to talk about this work, but it also is because of my admiration for who you are as a man, who you are as a king. Mm -hmm. As you move through this space, you've been married for 27 years and you talked about this earlier in the show. I want you to talk about the importance of your wife to your, ascension to the throne as, as as this king, as this luminary, as this person that we look to, to lead this movement for, for black boys and for people who love them. How important has your wife been in this journey for you?
1: Well, let me be clear. I would not be the man I am today um, if it wasn't for LaShawn Denise Route Chapman. Um, her grace, um, her foresight, her commitment Um, Her belief, um, her brilliance and beauty, um, man, she's been foundational on so many different levels as a friend, uh, as a partner, um, as a colleague, you know, as a parent, um, as a sister, spouse. Yeah, she's been instrumental on so many different levels and modeled to me aspects, uh, that weren't even within or weren't cultivated yet. I'll say that. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's rare that you meet. Um, I mean, and she's by her superpower is she is a giver, which on you know, today's society, many times people may see that as a, um, not as a superpower, but something that folks may take for granted. And I've grown, to not take that for granted, yeah. um, and to really honor the power and beauty, much in the same way as the transition of my father, and not knowing why are you' so nice, you know, you're so <laughs> humble and so kind, and yeah. Uh, and again, this is television, this is corporate hip hop, this is all the toxic things that we get f- poured into our head of what is black manhood, what is her, all this, and yet I had my wife and my father demonstrate something that was actually. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was still growing into. And so her, her ability to see the tomorrow in me, to believe in me, to love me unconditionally, the same way that my father has and my, and my, um, and my mother. Yeah, brother. Once I think you realize the, yeah, words can't even describe the power mm-hmm. of that. You learn not to take that for granted. Yeah. You learn yes. to cherish and, to, mm-hmm. and reciprocate and mm-hmm. to do whatever you need to do because those, Gifts; those individuals are far and few between. Yes. Um, And so, yeah, I pay homage to my beloved wife, um, sister, queen, lover. Um, Yeah, man, she's 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 brilliant. Her and her her team are in uh, Atlanta, uh, you know, with the National Equity Project, you know, Mm -hmm. doing that that healing work, doing the doing the work that they do. But yeah, there's no way I am who I am without without um, her on on so many different levels. Mm -hmm. So. know and and i believe that generally the people that you hang with the people you associate with are a reflection of you and so i tend to be that ordinary brother that just surrounds (laughs) himself with extraordinary people man i love that and and god bless me with someone that was yeah uh yeah was my was a was something i on some levels had to grow into Mm -hmm. and and continue to evolve so i'm just grateful i'm I'm trying to to stay continue to stay humble an honor, um, but she's bad. She's bad about it. She's badass. She's awesome. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I man. I, I, yeah, good thanks yeah. Uh, for, um, for my queen. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: We talk so much on this show about our abilities to self-actualize, all right. To move mm-hmm. to that space of, to move to that space of purpose. And you must, you must move through Maslow's hierarchy of, uh, of needs. You must move through love and belonging to get to that place of self-actualization. Mm-hmm. And we've talked at length and I won't, I won't bore our, our revolutionaries cause they're like, Oh, he's going to get on this self-actualization kick. Yeah. Just for a second. But <laughs> like, if you listen to what brother Chris has said, like, and, and uh, how we've talked about who he is in the world, you can't get, you can't get to this space in the world to do purposeful work without being singularly focused on, good partnership and having a good, having a good partner who will pour into you and you pour back into them. And it is a reciprocal, a reciprocal nature. And, you know, I I think about when, when, if you're trying to move to your purpose and this is purposeful work that you're doing, what if you had had all of the distractions, you know, or allowed all the other distractions in where would, where would this movement be? Where Mm. where would where would this movement be if if you weren't singularly focused, you know, on your family and your wife, and that's that is a very interesting thing because I haven't even asked you this question: is that you have three adult kings, you know, (laughs) three adult kings, huh? That's 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 a young adult,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, young adult, exactly. What is that like? What is that? What was that like to raise them up to bring them, you know, to through their development to for them to see you growing knowing that you were going to be the model for them what has that been like for you to be that patriarch of this family and what would what would you say to fathers in the similar position that you were in how do you raise up your children
1: hmm one of the greatest blessings um that can be bestowed upon us as life and uh, to be given the opportunity to uh, give birth. And we have the easy part, but yet to have a partner that gives birth. Uh, you know, what a gift, man. I mean, I, uh, my whole life, I've loved other people's children. And when mm. I was given the opportunity to give life being adopted and never not, you know, the context of blood is thick in the water. And I didn't necessarily ever have that to then, have Amari Malik Chapman to have Khalil uh, Amani Chapman and uh, Jordan Jordan Caleb Chapman. Wow, um, what a gift! Uh, yet I didn't necessarily have the blueprint for being the best father. You know, I, I brought all what I thought I knew, and you know all the things that I you know uh, I think Amari, my firstborn, brilliant and artist, a creative. Yet, um, yeah, man, just challenges of not, you know, things I hadn't necessarily worked through, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I you know, the blessing of my third, you know, Mari's 25, Jordan's 18. By the time we got to Jordan, you know, you yeah, it, it was a whole nother level. I figured out some stuff with Amari, figured We figured out some stuff with Khalil. Uh, so, George, Jordan has a whole nother level of kind of freedom and Uh, dominion that uh, we just, you know, kind of this idea of protect, right? Knowing what we know as educators and being uh, nervous, no matter what background you come from, finance, a black child in America is still a black child on America. They have a target on them. Don't matter private, public, charter, independent, um, hill, flatland, rural, urban, suburban, you still have a target. And that was always something my wife and I, um Never took for granted, and I think that fear and in the spirit of the first, probably Mm -hmm. overly protected. You know, you need to be able to let your children, you know, fail and experience some of these Mm -hmm. things. Where I, I think I was probably like I was the coach of everything. I was oh, you're you're coming to (laughs) YMC, everything. Like, and on one hand, was awesome, but on some other aspects, um, you know, I I was probably doing a little too much. You know, in the spirit of, um, and you know, you need your children to kind of get out and have different experiences. So I just say this. it was just an evolution uh what would i say to you know aspiring parents just time you can't take back time mm-hmm. you know the first day of school you know riding a bike birthday like be there be there even if you may not be in the bed be be present um mm-hmm. you know be real i mean i think at the end of the day children right. need to know yeah, yeah like and i i had to dispel chris chapman the myth and chris chapman the man you know and that's a humbling thing well shit if they always knew me as chris chapman the man <laughs> That would have been a different thing too, but and the blessing is we still got there. And so I just think the idea though of being them seeing you be human, like watching you fail and how you get up, right? Watching wow. you cry, watching mm-hmm. you work through these different things. I, I I had a false sense of, and some of it was generational. Like my you know same too. My dad kind of protected me from certain things. Or no, you can't talk about that. Or the whereas I I think. Be open with your children. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because when those things happen, they'll they they'll know how to Uh, it'll be familiar as opposed to, well, they didn't talk about it, so I don't know what to do. So I just think, you know, time, you can't take back time being present, being vulnerable um, and just showing up, you know, with uh, for them, with them, advocating. Along the way, Um, and the greatest gift now, man, I it was just to have friends. You know, normally, your adult children ain't never trying to come home. Shit, my my sons are all oh, you are coming home, and you know, and it's awesome, and we love it, yeah, and you know, going to ball yeah. game. I mean, I am just like, what a gift yes. that through that journey we actually have. You know, we love each other, and we have good you know, fr- friendships. I mean, just really good friendships. So. But it's, it was a journey, um, Brother Charles, on that. I, I can't say that it was all perfect or, no, or just it's, because it's, I was a teenager.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Those are a few of the little sprinkles I would give as far as the aspiring parents or folks. Anything I could say is, you know, giving time, uh, being present and, and, and being who you are and listening.
0: Yeah, that's 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 the wonderful piece. That's the, the wonderful piece of this is that time you know, and Mm. both of us, as we talked in the green room, both of us lost our fathers last year and we wish that we had, we we wish that we had that time back. Um, and yeah. And I love that you talked about the friendship that you have with your sons. That's, that's important. That, that friendship is, as we say, the good men of Omega say friendship is essential to the soul. And and so, you know, Mm -hmm. thinking, yeah, thinking about what that, what that, what that feels like to be friends with your, with your children as they've gotten older. And um, it sounds like, you know, what I heard in the agreement that you and your father, you know, were tremendous friends and my father, and I were true. my father was my, my, my father was my best friend until his last breath. Until his last breath and, mm-hmm. you know, to love on, to love on your children, the way that our parents loved on us is a, is, is a wonderful thing. Cause I hear folks talk about, you know, and sometimes they don't have that, they don't have the relationships with their children where they can say, My child is my friend now. You know, that I can love on my child, and they understand that this is still a parental child relationship, but that you know, this is blood and this is friendship and this is time, this is the ability to enjoy to see the fruits of things. And uh, you know, right. my father. As I, I talk at length, my father was so proud of, you know, me getting a PhD and he wore, he wore my graduation beads for a year, you know, yeah. and we would play. I'm sure like your father, we would just play. If we think about this conversation, right, we wanted to get back to being childlike I mean, we worked so mm. much to be an adult. And that was the one thing that my father and I did is that our friendship allowed us to play and it was mm. one of the greatest joys of my life to just go in and laugh and joke with him and as he got older I would go in and, and rub his face his face and then I would smack him a little bit and he would just be like Stop! you know but it was our playfulness you know that's right yeah and to to think that you have you have years to revel in the friendship with your son and so i you know uh i'm i'm I can't wait to watch that, to see how it plays out, you know, in, in pictures all across, you know, to see, I uh, was able to see your, your sons who are working with the Kingmakers of Oakland as a part of your as a part of your revolution it is now their revolution. And so That's I right. know that is a beautiful thing for you. Um, we're going to end. I want you, uh, usually we, we end with a question. I want you to pick a number one through five. Uh, number one. Number one. So number one. You, you you've talked at length about who you are. One of our core tenets is revolt and evolve. What did you have to, what did you have to revolt from and evolve into to be this version of yourself?
1: Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, the revolt, really was this, dy- I think this dichotomy of the outward me and the inward me mm-hmm. weren't always aligned. Um, there was the consternation. I think that was the period of being broke where I could really merge those two. Mm. Um, and it was just my own journey. I think of separating some things growing up, just given what I you know saw, what I thought until they, that could not no longer exist. And it mm. really had me, uh, yeah give rebirth too no i'm i can marry that and yeah. and and operating in integrity with uh, all of me mm-hmm. that those people that love me would continue to love me wow and those yeah. people didn't They you know, like it's all love it didn't matter so i just say um yeah the revolt was kind of this uh yeah the myth and mm-hmm. No, no, I'm not. The, I gotta. I, I'm the man. And no, I'm human, and I make mistakes. And I think in being human and real with that, yeah, my, yeah, my family actually drew even closer in ways mm-hmm. I had, I had, I, I, um, I had, uh, yeah, I had to do my own work. Um, and and I've been living really the yeah, it's a, yeah, man, just a whole nother aspect of passion, purpose, and profession. I've been able to manifest even. Stuff that I thought, okay, my first 50 was good, you know, in that, yet it can be so much better. And so, yeah, the revolt is being free of that and being me twenty-four seven three six five and engaging those folks when I am vulnerable or don't know, help me, <laughs> as opposed to yeah. you know, ego not letting people know what that is and going outside to maybe figure that out when yeah, you gotta stay with that group. Um so I don't know if that makes sense, but that uh, no, that's it does an evolution. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It
0: does. When you think about, like you said, what, what what I heard was the revolting was from this, like you said, this dichotomy, right? This dichotomy of who you thought, the myth of the, and the man that you were, and you had to evolve into, I can accept, I can accept this one version of myself that that's is right. an amalgamation of all those things. I don't, know, right. I don't have to be, I don't have to be these two versions of myself. Right. I can just be and and love myself. That's the, that's, that's right. the evolution in this, right? Right. Revolting from mm. two, amalgamating into one. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. That's you shit. know, yeah, I had to, you know, for me it's interesting. Cause I, I, I walked around the, with, with a dichotomy as well. His name was Corpru. <laughs> so there was, there was Charles and Corpru. And similarly mm. had to do the same thing, figure out the, the pieces of each of them that I could then say, this is who I wanted to be. Mm. And I could, I could accept this version of myself. And like you said, one of the things, one of the things that my good friend, Kishana Palmer talks about is being in integrity or out of integrity. I could mm. be more in, in of integrity here. That's than right. I could be outside, you know, outside with those two. And I think that's a wonderful thing brother chris i appreciate you uh i've been looking forward to this interview for a long long time as i said at the outset of the show my admiration for you it runs deep you know we are both kellogg fellows we're both kellogg alumni uh one of the opportunities that we had from 2014 to 2017 was to be a part of the uh re-inauguration we'll say of the wk kellogg uh, fellows one of the most pre-, pre- Eminent, you know most prestigious fellowship in the country in the world and to be a part of that and to meet some of the most prolific people from all across the country and being able to sit with brother chris and hear his good work man it's been a, a blessing to to know and to watch you and see what you're doing so i only continue to wish you well folks revolutionaries go to make sure kingmakers of oakland.org to find out about the great work that they're doing you can also google chris chapman c-h-a-t-m-o-n and find out about all the revolutionary things that this brother's been doing throughout his lifespan so thank you so much chris i appreciate you brother
1: appreciate you brother thank you so much and continued success looking forward to talking to you again soon
0: Yeah, no doubt. Revolutionaries, you know that I love you. I love you. I love you. And you know that we want to make sure that you are answering what we think is the most thought provoking question of your life. What's a revolution? We'll talk to you soon, everyone. Take care. Peace.
1: child in america is still a black child on america they have a target on them don't matter private public charter independent um hill flatland rural urban suburban and that was always something my wife and i um never took for granted
0: you must move through maslow's hierarchy of, uh, of needs you must move through love and belonging to get to that place of self-actualization.
1: In the spirit of our shared value systems that are very contrary to how we're being socialized in this country, um, and across this, when you think about the impact of colonialism and white supremacy, we've moved away of the value systems of we, family and community, to this individualistic, Corporate, um, I win by all means necessary at the expense of others, then no. Part of the the blessing and understanding who and whose you are and taking your crown out your pocket is conditioning yourself to love unconditionally. Yes, yes, And undoing structural racism and white supremacy cannot be undone in a three to five strategic plan. Like This is legacy work, and we need to think about the bands of 10 years. Yes, yes.
0: I I want to play. I want to revel like I did when I was a child because it is joyful. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes.